For Progressive Voices, I'm John Sinton, and this is a turning point. Today, fraught. It's a peculiar week to write one of these columns. The election is being held after my deadline, and results may or may not be known by the time anyone reads this. Therefore, it's impossible to discuss results in any way. I am just completely sick of the whole thing, as I'm guessing you are. Oh, for the boredom of elections past. You don't need Sherlock Holmes to tell you that things are fraught. It's probably the most important election of our lifetime. It feels like somebody says that every two years, and it's usually hyperbole, like a rom-com's going to win an Oscar or the Jets are going to win the Super Bowl, but I think we all have the feeling that it's for real this time. Whenever election season rolls around, somebody's bound to tell you that this is the most important election of your lifetime, blah, 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 blah. Only this time, it's actually true. And unlike almost any other time in history, rivaled only by the fraught elections during Reconstruction and the 1940 election where isolationists and Nazi agents, yes, Nazi agents right here at home, were sowing division and trying to get us to side with fascism and keep us out of World War II. We'll come back to that, but first, Reconstruction. After Lincoln's assassination, Vice President Andrew Johnson, of course, one of Honest Abe's team of rivals, he was a Southern Democrat, ascended to the presidency. Initially emboldened enough to favor the 40 acres and a mule recompense to the newly freed slaves, he did a U-turn. From History.com, we get this. In 1867, following the American Civil War and the abolishment of slavery, the Republican-dominated U.S. Congress passed the first Reconstruction Act over the veto of President Andrew Johnson. The act divided the South into five military districts and outlined how new governments based on universal suffrage for men were to be established. Well, the war had freed the slaves, but Johnson allowed the instigators, primarily plantation owners who were now without the free labor of slavery, to remain free and unindicted for the treasonous act of attempting to destroy the Union. Instead of land and mules, former slaves got poll taxes and lynchings. Uppity blacks were reviled and threatened. But the 1868 and 1870 elections were not the last time we stood so divided. The more recent example is the 1940 election when isolationists and Nazi agents worked hand-in-hand with the German Reich to keep us out of what would become World War II. Yes, it's true, if forgotten. You can hear it all on Rachel Maddow Presents Ultra, a remarkable podcast series that delves into the largely unknown and almost completely forgotten events that took place from 1938 to 1940. Fascism, a noun the dictionary defines as, quote, an authoritarian and nationalistic right-wing system of government and social organization that tends to include a belief in the supremacy of one national or ethnic group, a contempt for democracy, an insistence on obedience to a powerful leader, and a strong demagogic approach, unquote, was on the rise, much as it is today. Just listen to ultra-right-wing Congress people like Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Greene who unabashedly lobby for a Christo-fascist government. It's reminiscent of the line spoken by a character in the Amazon Prime series The Boys, a sci-fi show set in contemporary times, but the Stormfront 
character is an ageless superhero from the 1930s who, when confronted with her fascism, unapologetically explains that people love the message. She says, they just don't like the word Nazi. By the way, the show is the antithesis of the Marvel Cinematic Universe where superheroes are do-gooders. Here, they are egotistical, maniacal, and malevolent. If you're into comedy, sci-fi, superheroes, and explosive decapitations, and I mean, really, who isn't? Then The Boys is for you, but I digress. Back to our story, a Republican senator from Minnesota named Ernest Lundin was being paid by Nazi agent George Sylvester Virek to keep us at each other's throats and out of the war. When Lundin's airliner mysteriously crashed in 1940, among the remains of the passengers, including two FBI agents who were trailing him, was the speech he was scheduled to deliver that night, a speech given to him by Verick and written in Berlin. Lundin was not alone in Congress or in the nation at large. The biggest media star of the day, Father Charles E. Coughlin, an anti-Semite from Detroit, used his Sunday night broadcast to vilify Jews, quote, all Jews are communists and all communists are Jews, unquote, and foment civil war, his Christian front, that also went by the name of, wait for it, America First, had chapters all over the U.S. and had sympathizers in law enforcement and the military. The militia was well-armed and blew up munitions factories here before the FBI interceded. So everything old is new again, including this dangerous flirtation with fascism. For Progressive Voices, I'm John Sinton. Go to the on-demand section of ProgressiveVoices.com or the PV app and look for A Turning Point.